listening to a podcast of Elam Lutheran Church in Osakis, Minnesota. Our passion is to be an oasis of life-giving water where lost and wandering souls can find eternal refreshment. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, please visit osakiselamchurch.com. Or if you're in the area, come visit us in person. Well, thank you, and, and uh, what an honor it is to get in front of you people and uh, tell what the Lord Jesus Christ uh, did in my life and is going to do in my life, and, uh, and he's not finished with any of us yet. I know when we left tonight, Becky had some corn chips, and they looked so good, and right now they're not good at all, really. <laughs> they are not. They are not feeling good at all, so, but that's another story, isn't it? But uh, if anyone could stand in front of you and say, if not by the, except by the grace of God, there go I, um, it's me. I, my life has been, uh, I was showing God's uh, mercy and his grace beyond uh, uh, comprehension. It, it, it really is. So, I'm going to kind of take you through uh, to a, a conversion in my life uh, and a, a realization in my life. And uh, I trust maybe, it, uh, hopefully it be a blessing to you. Um, nothing really special about, about me. I, I was going to say, yeah, some, I shouldn't say that but for sure. But um, uh, I was born in 1959, so that was, uh, uh, don't get nervous, I'm going way back now, but... Uh, um, uh, into a, a Christian home. I was uh, born a privileged white kid because I had four grandparents and two, and most of my parents were all very devout Christian people. And I honestly believe I would not be here today unless uh, they were praying for me. Um, I was brought um, into baptism, I, I, I guess, at Green Lake Lutheran Church by a, 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 a pastor named Julius Hermansley. With a name like that, Lauren, what could go wrong, right? <laughs> well, let me tell you, plenty can. And uh, uh, so uh, I have to go back a little bit even further than that. And I've shared this in Sunday school, and I feel like I do too much talking, actually, because in Sunday school you get to know me more than I get to know you people, in, in a way. But uh, I'll just tell you what my family consisted of. My mom and dad had a, a daughter, Sharon Lee Kellevig, and she was born April 8th. And remember that date, April 8th, because it will mean something later on, and that's why I share this. Um, she was born April 8th. Yeah, already going bad. Uh, April 8th, 1950. She was taken from this life on, I believe, July 27th, 1953. The cows got out, and Mom put Sharon in the back seat, and she backed up, and Sharon stuck her head out the window and hit a tree. And that was never talked about. Sharon was just a person's picture on the piano with her two, with her two uh, shoes there. And never talked about. And parents, I don't think parents ever get, they, they make it through that day by day. And uh, 
I don't know if that, uh, how much effect that had on, on my growing up or not, but um, with my parents, then I had uh, an, a sister that's seven years older and a sister that's four years older than me. And then I had a cousin that came and lived with us from infancy, and she was two years older than myself, and she lived there for 12 years. So there we were, north of Kandu High, and uh, just kind of a, a normal family. Um, we were laughing last, last week, I know we mentioned, uh, I, I was telling uh, Pat and Jim, I said, I think I was a rebel right out of the chute, because we went to church up in, uh, up in a covenant church in New London. It was a very good church for my mom and dad to find. And it was a church where they loved each other, and it was a real family atmosphere. Very much like this congregation, and, and maybe that's why I'm drawn to, to this like I am. But on the way up to church, and we went Wednesday night, Sunday night, Sunday morning, and that was our life, was going to church. And we'd go by the Catholic church, and I remember, well, they'd be getting out of, they'd be getting out of service at nine in the morning, you know. And, well, I didn't want to go to church. So I said, well, Mom, why don't we go to that church? And... And, uh, well, well, we don't. And I said, well, who says they're right and we're wrong? And, you know, I just kept needling her, and, and she didn't know what the, I really didn't get a good answer out of her, but I think I just kind of was a stinker right, out, right off the bat. But I was a typical kid, um, kind of grew up alone a little bit. Um, I had a cousin, Dale, and he was one year younger than me, and he lived uh, just three miles away. But he was killed when I was... Uh, 14 years old, he was 13, in a bicycle accident in uh, Wilmer. He was hit on a bicycle, and they just took him over to the hospital, put him up, you know, he's just knocked out. In this day and age, um, it, it wouldn't have been the same way. But it was a sad story, and yes, he, he died a week later as we pulled a, they pulled the machines off of him. A lot of people say, oh, that's poor Galen, because that's, that's where it started spiraling downhill for me, like in 1974 when I was in ninth grade. That, that really wasn't true. Um, it it kind of had started going south a little bit uh, before that. Um, I asked Jesus into my heart. Um, growing up in Sunday school, I asked Jesus into my heart, and then I did something wrong, and I asked Jesus into my heart again. And then I asked Jesus into my heart again. Every time I did something wrong, I asked Jesus into my heart. Did I have a relationship with Jesus Christ as a child? I, I don't know. I, I just don't know a lot of things. And, and a lot of things I probably never will know. I love ball. I love grade school. I hated junior high and senior high, which is just a party. Our, farm, our family was all, all about going to church. And uh, I, I would, never was really close to my parents. And I don't know if... They, uh, my sisters, would, if they were here, they would say the same thing. Um, if, if losing Sharon had something to do with that, I just don't know. Um, so I get the, to the age of uh, 16. Um, I'd, I'd also add me growing up. Um, when I was born, my oldest sister said, well, I remember now my dad's name was Herbert. Herbert got help on the farm, and I obliged him really well. And 
I'm not trying to make excuses, but I think some of the uh, rebellion in my heart really came out from kind of just, I did a lot of work in early in my life. I remember playing tractors. I distinctly remember a night playing tractors. Uh, I suppose I was in grade school on the living room floor. And I thought, well, this is really odd. I was just out in the field with the real tractors. So <laughs> it didn't kind of make a lot of sense. But uh, so I get to the age of uh, like ninth grade and I did well in school up to that point. And, and not being engaged in anything and extracurricular. It wasn't a real good situation in Wilmer, and I'm sure I told Becky on the way up here, these people up here wouldn't really probably comprehend because you were all part of a small community. In Wilmer, it was you brought in Bloomquist, Pennock, Candy High kids from the outside, and they came into, uh, we were 340 kids in my class. And it just did not work for us and there again, i got to be careful so I'm not making excuses, but I'm sure in Alexander it was probably the same thing as they closed the schools and then the country kids came into... Uh, Wilmer was a very, very tight community. Now Wilmer's, you know, out to our place, 10 miles out. It, but it was different back then. It was hard to get in if you didn't have uh, any oh, parents or something that would, would, would allow you to be in stuff. And, so anyway, what's the natural thing to do is, is you know, you just kind of get your car and um, you get your license. And so I call that the tough years from, I got written down here ages 16 to 21. I call that the tough year, the tough years, especially when you know better. And that really bothered me because I, I knew better. And uh, after high school, I went to uh, vocational school, took machine shop, I graduated from there, and then I went down and worked in Glencoe for a summer. Um, there's an old gospel song I wrote down, and I, I can't say it any better. Sin will take you further than you want to go, slowly but wholly taking control. Sin will leave you longer than you want to stay. Sin will cost you far more than you want to pay. And the cathedral sang that one. And uh, that's just so true. Um, it's very easy to get uh, slowly. You just keep going and, and you get uh, taken into uh, a world that you shouldn't be part of. And, you know, it, it's, it was different, you know, for me than my friends because of my upbringing. I, I was thankful for my upbringing because I... I knew better, and, and that, that, that part always gnawed at me. Well, in 1979, I uh, worked down at Telex in uh, Glencoe, and then everyone at work, well, you got a chance to farm. Oh, you, go, you should be farming, you should be farming. So I went back home, and Dad and I, we added on to the barn, so then we had 50 cows, and went to work, and I was thinking, I don't know how Dad uh, really wanted me around, really, but... Anyway, we worked hard, and uh, then I asked someone to marry me on December 19th. Yeah, 19th. That's pretty good. I remember that. <laughs> so, uh, and she said yes, and then we were married in July of uh, 19th in 1980. And... Uh, 
it, but but I was still carrying carrying the load of sin on my um, just getting older, working a lot, getting married brings things a little simmered down. So, but I still was carrying that load of sin that I knew I needed to deal with, and um, so then um, I. It's so long ago, I'm sitting there jogging my memory, and um, it's so long ago, some of these things are many years ago, but I, there were special meetings up at uh, Green Lake Lutheran, and does anyone here know Reverend Kenneth Penty? Really? Okay, and I was thinking you might. So he had special meetings up there, and um, and, the, and typically they'd come on a Sunday night, and I must have been going to church some then, and and so on and so forth. But God, the Holy Spirit, was um, moving in my heart, and 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 the weight of the sin was such that it was it was just like the songwriters write. It was more than you could bear. It, you just couldn't bear the the weight of that sin, nor were we meant to. And um, before that, of course, we, this was in 1982. And between 1980 and 82, after Becky and I got married, well then, um, well yours truly um, didn't want to be married anymore. And I felt really trapped. And, um, and that was one more thing. It was just, there was just so much weight on me that I just uh, didn't know what to do. And um, I, I was not nice to Becky. I, you know, pushed Becky away there for a while. And, and um, yeah, that's where it gets hard. But so Friday night came and, and God had worked a, a miracle in my life. And um, the Holy Spirit had con Convicted me of sin. I remember I came into church and I sat on, it was on that side. And he spoke on, well, it wouldn't have mattered what he spoke on. But he did speak on Luke chapter 16, verses 19 to 31, the rich man and Lazarus. And I was totally broken. I remember the, before, long before even the service, my heart was just broke and it was just, just, uh, I don't know, God was working in my heart. And as soon as the altar call was uh, given, I remember I got, I got up right away and uh, I went right over to the, the right side here. And I re I, it wouldn't have mattered what my prayer was. But I, I remember, I, I can remember this so vividly. I remember, Jesus, I have to know that you are mine. I have to know that you are real. I, I just, I have to know. And that was, I think, a point where, as the hymn writers write, the chains fell off. And there was just something wonderful that happened. Now, not knowing to me, um, and I don't th know if this means anything, but the, the date was uh, April 8th, 1982, the same That was the same uh, day 
that my older sister was born. Did it mean anything? I don't know. But it does to me. Because I thought, hey, there's a new birth here. And I went home and told Becky, and I went forward, and I, I don't know, she maybe thought I'd get over it. I don't know. And um, the next morning in the barn, I told my dad, I went forward, and my dad was so quiet, he didn't say anything. Uh, but he was happy. Well then, um, after chores, I, I, I filled this, um, I had a two-wheel trailer that I filled up with corn silage. And I was sitting there, and it was, of course, obviously, April 9th, and the sun, I remember the sun was shining really bright, and this is where a Lutheran pastor might get nervous, okay? <laughs> but I didn't hear audible voices from heaven, and I didn't see the heavens open. But I uh, was in a tranquil moment. I don't even know if that's the right word. But there was a, a minute or two there, I, I'll never forget, where I was just kind of swept away. And I remember audibly saying, I am not the same person. And I was changed. And, and God had changed me. And, and, and all that sin and all that... Oh, it was just a just a wonder. It was a wonderful, wonderful feeling. Um, I gave my testimony similar to this. I'm a lot older now, um, up in Green Lake, and uh, I haven't given this thing here, uh, this context ever since. But that's uh, you know, I'm sure I forgot a lot of stuff I was going to say and stuff in this. But that's kind of what God did in my life, um, um, and still working on me as I, I sometimes sing to the Sunday school class. He's still working on me. Um, the one thing that uh, I, you know, I could, I could close and I could say, oh, oh, and all's good. But the one thing is, sin has consequences. And I hurt people during those years. And I remember on the way home from church one day, I told Becky, I said, I am so sorry, Becky. And I remember, you know, she's very gracious, and, and she interrupted me and said, well, you know that? I said, no, no, there's no ifs, no ands, or buts. I said, I apologize. I said, I should have known better. And the sad part is I can apologize to Becky but there's other people that got hurt that are no longer part of my life. And, and that does, sometimes uh, we talked about that a little in Sunday school. You have to go on and, and uh, leave, leave certain things with the Lord. And um, so that's kind of my story. I, uh, I, uh, um, I, always, I was kind of laughing because to a really good Lutheran, I was, I was saved in baptism back there. And then to a Baptist, no, I was saved April 8th. And then to a Pentecostal, I, I, I don't know what happened in that silage wagon, but something really good, <laughs> something really happened. But uh, this is, uh, I'll just sing a chorus of a song. And it goes, I believe in miracles. In miracles, I've seen a soul set free. 
Miraculous the change of one, redeemed through Calvary. I see, and I add this, the little soybeans push its way up through that stubborn sod. I believe in miracles, for I believe in God. Hey friends, Pastor Luke here. Thanks so much for tuning in. I trust that you've been blessed by our message from God's Word today. Hey, we'd love to connect with you more. If you have comments or questions, you can email me directly at pastorchellog at gmail.com. That's Pastor K-J-O-L-H-A-U-G at gmail.com. As we wrap up our time together today, please receive this benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Amen. Amen.